Hello again, everyone. This is Paul Aronowitz here, host for the Story Slams. I want to thank Dr. Rachel Lucatordo, who's one of our associate program directors and clinician extraordinaires uh, here at UC Davis School of Medicine, because it was she uh, who set up this entire Story Slam. She invited all the speakers and got them lined up and gave them their time limits and really just did an outstanding job of lining up this group of stories, uh, slam tellers, and made it into the presentation that it was. I hosted it as the MC, but only because she likes to remain in the background. And that's Rachel Lucatordo. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this story slam. This is by Dr. Charles Halstead, Introduction to Follow. I did it at the story slam. Enjoy. Good afternoon, everyone. We're going to go ahead and get started. Welcome to, I think this is the fourth or fifth story slam that we've done. And uh, this, again, was based on an idea that the American College of Physicians uh, executed in Philadelphia, where they actually did a story slam at one of the NPR headquarters. And Dr. Fitzgerald was one of the first Actually, she was one of the winners of that story slam a couple of years ago, and that sort of gave us the idea to try this out here, and it's been successful. I think uh, some of the medical students are starting one next month over at the medical school, so more on that to follow. Uh, we have seven distinguished storytellers today, um, and they're uh, from the residency as well as some of the retired faculty and some of the active uh, faculty. Uh, the first person I'm going to introduce to you, and I'm going to make these introductions very brief because we do have a lot of storytellers, uh, is Dr. Charles Halstead, um, and he got his MD degree at University of Rochester, did his residency at Cleveland Metro General Hospital, affiliated with the second best medical school in the United States after UC Davis School of Medicine, uh, and then he did his GI fellowship at the third best institution after UC Davis, which is uh, Johns Hopkins. Um, and his uh, research is focused on hepatology. So if Dr. Halstead wants to come on up, and he's going to read some poems. Thank you very much. This is a real pleasure to come back here. Um, I was on the active faculty and staff for 43 years before I retired two years ago. And uh, in preparation for that, for my retirement, I started, began starting a new career in writing poetry uh, about five years ago. And I'm uh, going to read you uh, several poems which are focused on the experience of uh, becoming and being a doctor. So um, we're going to start out with my internship. And by the way, back in those uh, good old days, we were on call for 36 hours and not for 12. Uh, and this is one of those, one of those on-call nights. Initiation night. The pager beeps the end of my sleep. It's midnight. I'm the one on call. I quickly rise to wake my way through basement tunnels where ancient pipes crisscross the ceilings. Scuffs of gurneys mark the halls. Caged faint bulbs light the way as they have for scores of interns over decades before. I board the creaking lift to examine the newest patient, an alcoholic with liver failure and full DTs, then walk down the darkened hallway and to reach half-open door. Most of my patients sleep with their disorders. The eyes of the others reveal their fears. 
homeless guy with frostbitten feet seeks to survive the freezing northeastern winter. An aging hooker with acute PID has nowhere else to spend the night. A grizzled old man with pneumonia breathes fast then shallow, coughs up putrid secretions that tell me that his death is near. The remaining sick suffer other diseases, each one requiring my full attention. The duty nurse, who's twice my age, asks which orders I'd like to change. I wrote, write down what seems best for each one's survival through the night. At 6 a.m., a glimmer of sun shines through the belching factory smoke of our city in aging decay. As the nurse prepares to leave her station, her thanks say I've become part of the healing profession. Well, um, after my uh, internship in Cleveland, um, I, I spent a, a GI fellowship in Baltimore at, at Johns Hopkins, and then I was on staff for three years at the uh, Baltimore City Hospital. And it's great to t do mostly training at city hospitals because you see all kinds of people. So my next uh, poem focuses on, on one of my patients, and the title of this is Bucket of Blood. He arrived at the ER, half dead, stone drunk, from the bucket of blood in Baltimore, feet frostbitten, arms of a skeleton, shaky hands, tongue red as a beet. His eyeballs were yellow as mustard. Anybody made a diagnosis yet? Okay. <laughs> Spiderweb veins covered his chest, gurgling noises rippled through his lungs, belly swollen, Liver tender, liver tender liver like a basketball. He babbled on with persons unknown. Blood alcohol high, his outlook was grim. Up on the ward, he puked up red blood. Emergency scoping found a burst vein. Blood pressure was low, pulse fast and weak, but improved with blood transfusions. No one who knew him appeared. Ten days later, he was ready to go. No longer confused, blood tests improved, eating well, as good as he would ever be. His parting words were, thanks, Doc. Come with me. I'll buy you a drink at the B&B. Uh, I've got a, a couple of uh, uh, poems about patients that are uh, still active, and some of you might even recognize uh, these. Of course, all my poems are anonymous. Uh, but this is a patient who saw me many, many times for about 10 years after his, his initial admission. It's called Redemption. I'm high on crack and going 80, black rainy nights, oncoming lights, backseat guy shouts out, look out, too late. I cannot breathe, my chest become tight, pain cuts my guts, knife's through to my back, ambulance screams, tears through the night. ER docs crowd me, I'm under attack. <clears throat> Up in the OR, all's black, nothing's right. My guts are torn, they cut them out. My fractured back will never be straight. Contempt from now on to be, condemned from now on to be fed by IV. From gangbanger to cripple, that's now my fate. My hospital room's filled with darkness, despair. Deaths everywhere, in, all, in hallways, in air. My past come back, soon I must die, when an angel as chaplain appears at my side. She speaks of redemption and sin's retribution. Forgiveness of self's the final solution. 
There's a way forward of that I'm now certain. I can pray to God. I need no permission. I did not cheat death. I'm here for a reason. <clears throat> my soul's been broken. My, uh, my, heart, my body's been broken, but my soul's been restored and reconnected to forces unseen. I'm in spirit's realm. I've been redeemed. And uh, the next one is um, about a patient who was a friend of mine um, in Davis. And he, one day he said to me, um, you know, I've, been, I've got a low, low uh, blood count, and they've worked me up completely at a hospital I won't name, and they can't find out where it's, you know, what's, what's going on. And I said, well, that doesn't seem right. Come and see me, and the first thing we're going to do is a few procedures. So this is called quality of life. Let's see if you can guess the procedure. I slid in the scope, past ridges and caves, along a dark tunnel with purple seams, twisting and turning till finally it gave out to a space where a pebbly lump gleamed. From the end of the tunnel with purple seams, his life would be shortened by bloody ooze, into the space where the pebbly lump gleamed. I slipped forceps through to give me a clue from the piece of the lump with this bloody ooze, which I sent to the lab to find out why he bled. Cancer was the answer to the pebbly lump clue. I'd have to tell him now, though the news would be dread. When he awoke, I told why he bled. You saved my life, was his reply. Although the long-term prognosis was dread with surgery, he would not yet die. To live life to the full was his reply to the cards he'd been dealt by unwelcome fate. Though his life might be short, he would not die till he'd done all he could that remained on his plate. For six long years he ignored his fate, traveled and painted, did all as he had planned, put aside all fears and remained on his plate till a spot appeared on his liver scan. The cancer's return, return was not part of the plan. Chemo became his only choice. The puking and numbing and further scans until I had to tell him with quavering voice, no more can be done, you've no more choice. Knowing full well that in weeks he'd be dead. He rose from his chair and replied with clear voice, you gave me six years of life is all that he said. <laughs> <laughs>